It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Welcome to Atlanta Sightseeing. Please take your seat and keep your hands and feet inside the railing at all times. Ma'am, in this brochure it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean? Yeah. Welcome to Atlanta's hammers and bows back to the Mackin and Dirty little liar. I'm sorry, I can explain. Explain how you forgot to invite us to your party? Janice, I cannot stop this car. I have a curfew. You know I couldn't invite you. I had to pretend to be plastic. (laughs) Buddy, you're not pretending anymore. You're plastic. Cold, shiny, hard plastic. Curfew, 1 a.m. and it's now 110. Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness? You know what? You're the one who made me like this so you could use me for your eighth grade revenge. God, see, at least me and Regina George know we're mean. You try to act like you're so innocent. Like, oh, I used to live in Africa with all the little birdies and the little monkeys. You know what? It's not my fault you're, like, in love with me or something. What? Oh, no, she did not. See, that is the thing with you plastics. You think that everybody is in love with you when actually everybody hates you. Burn it down! Welcome to another edition of Orlando Lions Den Podcast. I'm your host, Jason J.J. Jose, along with Cleon. What's happening, Cleon? Nothing much. Screw Atlanta. Screw Atlanta week. It is this week on our podcast. Who's Atlanta? Who's Atlanta? I already told you already. Oh. Don't, the only good thing that's ever come out of Atlanta was me being born there. Oh, man. And we have uh, two guests today. Sorry, uh, Auntie. I forgot she lives there. So <laughs> We have two guests tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Alex and Eddie couldn't make it. Uh, I think Eddie's in the doghouse. <clears throat> I don't know if I said that. <laughs> but, uh, Eddie, we'll get you back next week. Um, we have Lee. Lee, man, what's happening? Uh, Welcome back. Man. Thanks for having me. And, then, and we have uh, Mr. David Valentin. How are you, buddy? Thank you again. It's a pleasure to be with these guys. What you guys haven't heard is the 30 minutes of conversation that we already had about <laughs> Orlando City. And you know what? If you are a fan from Orlando City Facebook and you hate JJ and you hate my person, do we have a treat for you tonight. Awesome treat. Uh, tell us about your podcast real quick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's called uh, El Pocillo and it can be found on uh, Twitter under... Um, uh, See, I got to think about it in English now. It's under uh, at Posillo underscore podcast, and it can be found in uh, a lot of the different applications. So the podcast is directed mostly to Spanish speakers. So if you have a family member or you yourself speak Spanish and you want to get a different perspective, uh, you're going to hear my sweet voice for 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> my so. sweet voice. That, that is awesome. I like uh, hearing your sweet voice. Thank you. Uh, and it's all in Spanish, right? Yeah, all in Spanish. Todo en español. Todo en español. Yeah. That way. I think I need to do one in Portuguese too. Todo en Portuguese. 
That there's uh there's well you know it's funny the team has an official but Portuguese I, based uh, podcast but I've never heard it they since Kaká left. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. So I they used to do them. it. You know when Kaká was here the first two years. Okay. And all of a sudden it just disappeared. Yeah, there's one in French as well. Uh, as far as Spanish, uh, I am the only one, unfortunately, and that's I can't not, be. That's not unfortunate. Weird. It's good. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, most of my audience is actually from outside the country, so I think that's pretty cool. Because I'm reaching out to those guys. They let me know all the time. Uh, but again, you know, like I said, uh, if you are in the market for a new podcast, aside from this fantastic podcast. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. Listen to me. All right. All right, guys. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, Cleon doesn't know any of our sponsors, so I'll say them all. Uh, <laughs> thanks to AMG Lending. Uh, Leo, thank you for uh, supporting us here on Orlando Lions Den Podcast. And then uh, Casey's Sports Bar right here in the Heathrow Shopping Center in Lake Mary um, in the Winn-Dixie Plaza every Tuesday's Taco Tuesday. Uh, except for this Tuesday, they ran out of tacos, so they don't have tacos. And on Sundays, or excuse me, on Saturdays and Fridays, they have a live band or a DJ. And then also Field Turf USA, uh, where mostly everybody on our podcast will be this Sunday, except me, because I got to do the mother, Mother's Day thing, and I can't go. Um, and my kids won't let me go, so I'm not like Eddie, and I'm not in the doghouse. So, thanks, Fields Turf, Chris, uh, with that. All right, guys, let's talk about Toronto, the good old 2-0 loss, not victory, loss. And the stadium uh, was announced 22,000. I think it looked like more like 1,200 people who were in there instead of 22,000. And it was a rainy, steamy, hot and people are given the excuse why the stadium was not packed was because it was too hot and it was raining. Well, welcome to Florida. And in July, it's going to be even hotter. So I guess nobody's going to be at the stadium. And in the afternoon, thunderstorms at 730. And in the afternoon, I guess, again, nobody's going to be at the stadium. So that excuse is BS. I don't want to hear people saying that about, you know, people not showing up because it was too hot and it was a 4 o'clock game. Well, you got July coming, and you're going to have a lot more games. Even at 7 o'clock, it's still going to be in the 90s here in Orlando. But we did play a good first half, a uh, tremendous first half. I actually thought I think that's the best soccer that we've played all year was in that first half. Absolutely. Um, Nani getting opportunities, Dom Dwyer having opportunities, Jean Montigny crossing the ball in. Uh, everybody looked like Will Johnson even looked good. And then we go into the locker room, 0-0. We're thinking, hey, we're going to score in the second half. We're going to do good. Then all of a sudden, I think we stayed in the locker room, and Toronto came out and uh, destroyed us. Cleon, your thoughts about the Toronto game against Orlando City from Saturday that you remember? <laughs> that I remember. Well, first half, I thought uh, we are we were good defensively. I thought we just need to get... It got to a point to where I was like, we just need to get to the half without allowing a goal. We did that, and it all fell apart in the second half. And um, a lot of it for me happened with uh, once we got into substitutions and whatnot. The game just kind of fell apart from there. We're going to get into substitutions a little later, so I'm not going to go too far into detail. So you weren't very happy with the game? No, it was, I mean, like I said, we've been even when we even when we pull points out. I haven't really seen a game this year to where I was just like, wow, we look good. And I've said that a couple of times now, but it's, I don't know. We're just, we're just kind of skating through right now. We're just kind of skating through. 
Um, I would like to see. I mean, we just we just got to start finishing chances, man. Until we start doing that, we're not we're not going to win games. All right, David, tell me a little bit about what you thought about the Toronto Orlando game and what happened. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is the second time this week that I talk about the same topic. It keeps getting more depressing every time I think about it. Um, this, I, I missed this game because I had to work. Uh, but I listened to the first 45 um, with the guys from La Nueva, the, the Spanish crew, and I watched the game on my DVR. I can say, just like Leon said, the first half, probably some of the prettiest football we had in Orlando in a very long time. Uh, very clinical. I think, uh, in, my, in my opinion, Moutinho and uh, Rossell are completely uh, underrated by a lot of the fans, the, the, the amount of work they do. Ruan, the guy, is basically on a motorcycle the whole time. Um, but we are not finishing chances. Now, think about this, guys, for a second. We have Dom Dwyer, who's our DP, right? Who? Exactly. <laughs> Gone. Six games, no goals, okay? And... I, I, like I was telling, like I was telling Lee before before the the podcast started, the reality is is that Dom got bailed out by that PK in the Colorado game, right? He missed right in front of goal. He had the winning goal in New York. He missed that. He's he he. We can afford for this guy that gets paid over one point three million dollars to do commercials, to be on the cover of Orlando Health magazine, not to score goals and. I, and I conclude with this. The reality is if we're going to be paying this guy $1.3 million not to score goals, we can use that money to find four or five guys that will do so. All right. Lee, can you top that? <laughs> I don't know if I can <laughs> top that. But first, I, I kind of want to address those, uh, like, uh, the – I'm sorry. Address, like, the the people who came to the game, the, the – Total amount of people that came to the game. The 1,200 people that were yeah, there. Yeah. And, and to say that, you know, it's weather, it's everything else, you know, it's, we're not in good form. You know, it's the fifth year in. We haven't made the playoffs. And, and right now it looks like we may not be making them again. So people aren't showing up. It's, it, in, is hardcore as the supporters are, like, in, they may not like the casuals, but we need casuals to be there. We need casuals to fill the stadium. And if we aren't performing well, we can't do it. And so right now... It, shoot, we even need casuals to fill the wall. Absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah the, wall, the wall was more than half empty. Yeah, because, I mean, as, as I mean, the, the hardcore supporters, I mean, they show up. You know what I mean? Right. With Ruckets, I left. They, they, they show up. But, I mean, we don't have... How, how much... How much how many people did we fit in there? Like 5,000 or 4,000? Mm, but check this bad. out, Cleon. You guys remember. You don't have that many people in, in the ruckus or. The original, you know, the original plan, sustainer was going to be 19.5. Yeah. And people were complaining because it was too small. Yeah. yeah. They wanted a 45,000 uh, stadium. Yeah. So the team compromised and went up to 25 and a half. Yeah. Where are those people now? I'm going to tell you where they were. They were somewhere else because their team sucks. Yeah. If you don't win games. People are not going to show up. I, I I have said it before, and I know, Eddie, if you're listening, you're going to make fun of me because you say it all the time that I always say, oh, I've been here since 2011. But you know who was in 2011 watching this team? 3,000 hardcore fans. They're still there. The people that joined the team after then, 
you know where they are? They were they were at Disney, they were at Universal, they were at the beach, they were somewhere else because they like winning. Winning fixes everything. Question for both of, all of you all. Um, what do you guys uh, uh, basically think if we were winning, do you think the stadium would have been packed this Saturday against Toronto with the rain and the heat? A sellout? No. Not yeah, a sellout, no, no, no. but at least maybe 23. Well, more, well yeah, obviously. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Like, when we went on our winning streak last year, I think I was there at the first match on the wall uh, when we started our streak against RSL, that six-game streak. And then I was there at the end of that streak against mm-hmm. Atlanta, and we still were far from packed. Like, like we... I think there isn't enough community outreach like there was in the first. I agree. Like with that. even in the USL, Absolutely. in the first MLS season, the the fill the bowl. Like mm-hmm. we were there for uh, so publicity. So basically, not even not publicity. Even, like like making people feel like they're a part of part something. Of the want something. Not just commercials. It's like. There were people who were here before, whether we like them now or not, and whatever their choices were, but they were out there. They were with the supporters groups. They were with the community. They were pushing things out there. They they were all over the radio. They were all over social media. They were bringing people in. So you're saying we're missing that right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it, outside of K, yeah, we're missing I think it. it is. I think it is a lot of, a lot of it is um, lack of publicity and and advertising and things like that like when we when we first showed up i mean of course you're always gonna have a drop because a lot of it in the beginning the first few years it's just curiosity absolutely because a lot of people were not um you know they weren't watching football like that yeah i mean unless it's you're talking about american football right no, absolutely. but i mean so a, a lot of people were showing up purely out of curiosity at first and then you know it's it like, was an event yeah it was an event exactly yeah, yeah. it was an event and, and so you- now um you know, it started dying down a little in the second year, then a little by the third. But then when we when we jumped to the new stadium, then you had the new stadium, and that was an event. So then people were there for that one. Mm-hmm. But then once that's said and done, I mean, you, it, it's only about if you're going to keep people coming back, you got to keep them entertained. And, and losing all of your home games, that's going to do it. That's that's not going to keep people entertained. Well, when they come, me. they come to see you, and, and you're losing all your home the games. We're still missing the tailgating. Where's our tailgating that we're supposed to have? That, too. They, they, the the culture. MLS killed the culture by putting us where we are. Now, I got to tell you guys, when I came in 2011, yes, Eddie, I'm saying it again, what attracted me was the Little Tribe uh, atmosphere. And and I quoted this, and I, I want to quote uh, Dennis Bergkamp, who, those that don't know, he's he was a... Uh, he's, uh, Uh, Dutch International International, uh, in the the Netherlands where he says when you start supporting a club a football club you don't support it because of the trophies or the players or the history you support it because you have found your place there a place where you belong and I think that that's where we have to find ourselves I love Orlando City because you know what it has given me great friends the gentlemen sharing the table here with me are proof of that we probably would have never met if it wasn't for Orlando City um, the the guys in my section, section five, the, I, I have I had customers that are Orlando City fans. The reality is, is that I'm in. They got me. They got my money, no matter what, and I probably will take my last breath wearing purple. But the reality is, is that they need to put a winning product for people like my wife and my kids that are casuals to come in. Exactly. Well, I think that's a lot of it. Is like they're dependent on people like you who are just 
always going to hand over their money. And right now, no matter how many people are in the stands, they always have an announced attendance of tickets distributed of about 80 to 90 percent filled of the stadium. And I feel like a lot of people in the front office, if they see that number, they don't care. They don't care if people are actually sitting. They got their money. Yeah, yeah. They got their money. I think they care. I think they care. I think they care because at the end of the day, you can see it. You know what I mean? You can see it and, and yes, they do have your money. So that bottom line part, I don't mm-hmm. think they care. But as far as you still the, visual, stuff. the visual of, of your stadium being empty like that. Right. And, and, um, then you start getting the questions. Oh, nobody cares. But oh, n- nobody likes to go to them games. You just, you just don't want that. So I, I think, I, mean, I think they do. Let me care ask about you guys this question. Like and I, and I want to start with Jay on this question. Do you guys think that we play fun football? No. <laughs> what do you consider fun? I, I consider fun, you know, nice passing, nice, uh, good second, first half of the Toronto that game. First half that was, was fun. That was that, fun. I mean, even though we didn't make a goal, to me, it was fun. I like the passing that we did. I like everything. Second half, we didn't do that. That's fun football. Now, to me, being a soccer fanatic, not only an American soccer, but European, South American, and everything, I. I mean, I was watching. I was working also. I wasn't at the game. Mm-hmm. I gave my tickets to my brother and his family. But I watched the game on actually TSN, the the uh, Toronto um, Canadian station. Mm-hmm. And to see the stadium, and Toronto is a big market, Canadian market, mm-hmm. the biggest one. Biggest city in the country. Yeah. And uh, to see our stadium that empty on a on a Canadian station. That doesn't look good for Orlando City or the guys, city. For guys that go to games at 30 degrees. Correct. Right? And, and pack their stadium, BMO exactly. Field. Uh, but, you know, 30 degrees, 20 degrees, they're, they're there without their shirts and they're, they're partying and doing everything. And I, and I have friends that are from Toronto that go to the games that are season ticket holders. You know, and, th- and I have Canadian friends that live here in Orlando that are actually Orlando City fans, but they go, man, what's going on? You know? We up there freezing our butts off, and we're able to fill. Heck, we made it to the championship game with freezing weather in November two years ago, three years ago. What's going on here? Because of the heat, man. We would love to be down here, ninety degree weather, <laughs> even though they get you know heat exhaustion. Those players like Osorio and all them, and that's the other issue I have um, about our training. You know. What are we doing? Why are we training? I'm getting yelled at on Twitter because I'm saying, hey, why don't we train at 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon? The sun's already out. Why are we training at 8 o'clock in the morning? So by 10 o'clock, you're done. We're not playing at those times. Let's play at 4 o'clock. Let's train at 4. Let's train at 3 o'clock in the middle of the heat so our players get accustomed to it. This should be a home field advantage to us to play in this humidity and this heat. Instead. Why? Well, I can tell you, as an athlete that had to play like that, when you train in that crap every day, you're dead. Yeah. You are absolutely dead. When you're sitting out there, you know what it's like? That's like saying, if someone's a marathon runner, right? That's like saying, oh, you should run. If you got to run a marathon on sun on Sunday, that you should prepare by running a marathon on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Before you, before you have to go out there and run that marathon, you yeah. have nothing left in the tank. And we're seeing teams, you have nothing left in the tank by seeing, the time you get to it. We're seeing teams that don't practice in this atmosphere coming in when we're practicing in this hot atmosphere early in the morning, and these teams who don't practice in this atmosphere at all walking all over us. 
And like, I think it was, uh, I read a quote from Bobby Murphy said the biggest problem was during the summer, like training, uh, uh, sessions that guys were losing seven to 10 pounds during a training session in the difficulty it is in gaining that back. So I, I think an indoor training facility would be nice. And they've been talking about it for how many two, years? two things that were debunked this week, uh, that our fan base is not an advantage because there was nobody there. And our weather is not an advantage because no, we had like... teams like Vancouver who for two years came to this same city after crossing the continent and schooled us in the sport no, that we sure. call ourselves capital of. So. My thing is, is with the training, I don't see why we can't train at 4 o'clock. So you're training in an indoor facility. What's the advantage of having the heat? So there's really no advantage whatsoever on having the weather to our advantage. So you can travel from... It's not from, an advantage. It's a, I, yeah. it's a myth. That's I, not an advantage. I, yeah. So it's not like high altitude. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, I, I think it, it, it kills everybody. It, no matter exactly. how much you mm-hmm. practice in this heat, you're dead in it. And I think... Just that, get the IVs ready. <laughs> this is the, best, the best way I can explain it is... And like what Lee just said, when it's that hot, it's going to drain you. Regard, It's going to cut you down regardless very, very quickly. It's going to make you yeah. tired. But the difference is these guys coming in, they're coming in with a full battery and we're and we're coming in at 50 percent because right. we've been in it all week long. Look at the players so that have left Orlando City. Look at uh, Rafa Ramos right now, a machine in the Netherlands here, hurt all the time, cramps all the time. And, and that's always our problem is. Cramps, so, muscle so, injuries. But who's who's at fault for that? Is it the weather that we're training in? Medical staff. Uh, Bingo. You just yeah. said it. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I said it because, you know, I, I'm only a guest. <laughs> but you said it, and that's what it is. It's. I mean, he left for Chicago. He was fine in Chicago. Yeah, correct. He goes now to, to the Netherlands. Wins and he's the, a the champion. Second. He's a champion going into the first division next year playing in the Netherlands, you know. Uh, but it's all of them. You I mean I could get, I can name a whole bunch that have left here. Even David Mateos, oh, David Mateos <laughs> in, in Israel. For the, yeah, he's playing for <laughs> Hapoel Hadera, who just smacked my team uh, Maccabi Haifa last week. And the guy is a machine. But guess what? He's making one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars while here he was making eight hundred thousand dollars and playing just as crap as he's doing in Israel. But the difference is he actually is actually getting paid for. The amount of work that he does. He hasn't been hurt uh, in the last six months. So what's going on? What's, what's the main denominator? Because we have traded our coaches. We have 100 different players come through. We have our but front I've office. But I've said this. I've said this. Even when you came in on here, you know, I was making fun because, you know, I'm a Florida hospital or Advent Health guy mm-hmm. in OR or Orlando Health. You know, I've always said it since day one. When I've seen these injuries from these players and they go off to other teams – they're perfectly fine. What is it? It has to be our medical staff. You know? Mm-hmm. It has to be something in that medical staff that's not working well. And they're not coming back saying, hey, you're healthy enough to play or you are healthy. I, I believe, don't know what it is. I believe they have a new nutritionist. This is a woman. Um, I don't know her name. And I believe they got rid of their uh, rehab guy that was there before. Uh, but the, the common denominator is still is the injury is still there. Right, yeah. uh, we've seen Asquez. He's gone. Uh, well, to be fair, Asquez was hurt all oh, yeah, the time yeah, before yeah, he no. got no, here. Absolutely. Too. The John, he's been, he's been, he's been gone for a while. He yeah. had a fantastic. Supposedly, he's been healthy, hopefully, he'll be back. But yeah, I mean, it, medical is one of them. 
and everything. Um, we have no facilities, by the way. We play still. in a rental place. Didn't they say the well? When the did facilities. They say the facilities were going to be open. I was by there today. They're um, clearing. Yeah. The, they're clearing. Uh, um, still clearing it out. They're well. They're you know like uh, before they before they put the pitch down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They they go and level it all off. Yeah, because they yeah, level off. Clay, right? Yeah, they level off all the. Um, like if I don't know how many people's actually been there, but when you go in, there's like a baseball field to the left. Mm-hmm. This is in the front of the building. There's a baseball field to the left. There's a base two baseball fields side by side on the right hand side, and then there's like two more in the back. Right. Um, the one on the front right, if you're coming in, they cleared. They basically had to clear out all the way through those two baseball fields to make them one giant pitch. Um, you know, because they were a lot longer than. Yeah, I believe they also have to get rid to? of the clay to make it a softer yeah, yeah, they've done surface. That. They've done that. Uh, that's fantastic. Over, well, at least on that, on that, on that, where that pitch is going. But you know, you have to ask yourself. I remember when they were going to open the Lake Nona facility. They made this big to-do thing, mm-hmm. and, and we had to saw the billboards. I live in that part of town, so I, I was salivating at the mouth at uh, seeing the players all the time, and that went nowhere. And now. This facility, I think, is a great opportunity for Orlando City. They get, they get to save some money. Uh, Osceola threw a bunch of tax rebates at them. And, you, as you know, as a business-conscious person, Flavio obviously will say yes. But the reality is that it's we're f- into uh, year five. We, ha- we don't have a facility. We're still having problems with our uh, medical staff. Is it time to revisit that association with Orlando Health? Perhaps. Will you say? I, I'm sorry. Listen, this was supposed to be changed in year two, but they uh, they ran somebody out of town, uh, so we're, I won't talk about that. <laughs> well, there we go. But he wanted the facility brand new. He was already talking about getting a whole new medical staff because he didn't think the medical staff was good enough. And Was uh, Orlando Health good before? Because let's, let's, but, let's but be honest. Orlando ha- Health is a sponsor, but are they directly? Yeah, I don't yeah, think they, they, yeah, they, they do directly everything. Related they do everything. To the if I can't let the cat yep. out of the bag. Go ahead. If yeah, I can't I mean, let the cat out of the bag. You. I'll I, tell you, just like yeah, yeah. Orlando just, Magic is with Advantel. Exactly. They use all the medical facilities. And and also the the UCF Knights are with Advantel. Solar Bears are with Advantel. But, you know... Why aren't they with Orlando Health? This is the only no, absolutely. team. <laughs> if you guys remember, uh, about a year and a half ago, there was the rumor that uh, our team was being sold. Uh, and in reality, it was just a percentage. Well, it's because I overheard that conversation. And uh, I, I fed it to some people. Because uh, uh, Orlando Health was one of my accounts for, for, for what I do for a living. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what I do for a living. So the reality is, is that Orlando Health introduced themselves and took over the 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 medical part of of the team now before orlando city came to existence did did orlando health was orlando health known as a sport medical sport uh, uh organization i don't think so the name the, the numbers basically play for themselves they tell the story we're not taking care of our greatest asset which is the players players cost money players when they are hurt they're not producing and if we're going to use the Cleon uh, uh, DP scale for all our players, they have to be starters, they have to be, uh, they have to be contributors, they have to be game changers. Are we having those type of players in the field? The answer is no, because they either hurt or they are overwhelmed or they are tired. They're having a night. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. The fact that Toronto jumped on an airplane, came here, and embarrassed us in an empty house 
It left a bad taste in my mouth. And the reality is, is we can't allow that to happen. When our team decided to put defend the fortress in the back of our kids, we set ourselves up for a bad joke. All right, let's change a little bit of the subject now. Let's go back to the game against Toronto where James O'Connor's substitutions, <laughs> we got to talk about that. Will Johnson was actually doing pretty good, um, keeping uh, us in the game, really, running around like uh, with the chicken with its head cut off, but at least he was defending and doing things. Then all of a sudden, Sasha Kleistin comes in, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> um what do you guys think about uh, James O'Connor's substitution? Cleon, you're first. I feel like that's when we lost the game was when Will subbed out. And I'm not saying it's because Will's so good or something. I'm saying it's, it's who – it's the players he was bringing in for these people. When he took out Will and then he took out Yuri, um, him subbing these two out, out of the midfield, which is, you know, it's the connectors. Those are the connectors. Those are the ones that get that get us going. They're also the ones that keep us solid defensively. Um, he subbed these people when he, he subbed these people out. When when I saw, especially even uh, when uh, Mueller was coming in, I didn't imagine he was coming in for Yuri. You know, so and and it was just once once he took those two out of the midfield. Like if you were going to take out Will, like that was fine. I'm not saying like, oh, you lost because Will came out. I'm saying he's because he came out for question or and 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 Yuri came out for Mueller. Like, I, I agree. They well, Mueller definitely needs to come in. Sasha, whatever. If he is going to come in, I mean, don't don't stick him there or at least leave Yuri back there or do something. But you can't just completely abandon your midfield and just throw all these attackers up top, especially when a couple of them is not really doing anything anyway, as far as, you know, um, if you're a forward, you're supposed to be scoring goals. I'm sorry, that's what your go- that's what your goal is. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, it's a zero zero tie at that point when uh, Sasha comes in, and Will was playing defense, was doing good, decent enough, and along with Yuri, uh, then he puts in Sasha. We're down one nothing. Now you definitely got to think attacking. Now we're down one nothing. We got to take. To me, it would be Yuri had to be coming out, but. I mean. Um, who would you have taken out then? So you take out one of the people up top that's not doing anything. Tesho. Like Dom, Dom, Tesho, one who? of those two had to come out. If you're bringing in Mueller, I, that's I, who I was I'm subbing thinking, out. I'm thinking, me. I'm just thinking, you're you're down one nothing, you're going to bring it's in just a one. It's one goal. It's not like you're down a friggin' million. It's one goal. That call for Christine Gita, in my opinion. Yeah. That if goal. you were subbing out, if you but were that, subbing but out. But that should have been Will Johnson. He should have gotten That's Nikita. what I'm saying. If he was subbing out Will Johnson. You should have brought Nagita. Then when you, then if you're subbing out Yuri, he's, you should have brought Nagita. No, because he's, he's only, he's only, line. he was only defensive midfielder Chris even Nikita, in the 18. Over and over, and I know, I know, Cleon hopefully will agree with me. He's a defender that can score, and that's that's an asset that is gold. It, it, it is gold in, in in a game like that when you're one down at home and they manage to score on the 64th minute. If that doesn't send alarms ringing, I don't know what else. But the fact is, is that we don't know what's going to happen with Christian Nikita. The rumor is that we're going to be trading him in the summer. And that's the reason why we're putting him on the 18 to make, give the appearance that he is still a, a viable player. But the reality to me is, is that James O'Connor has failed to convince this fan base that that's the right thing to do. I think in a game like this, you put Christian Nikita and, and, and you roll the dice. You know what's going to happen is Christian Nikita is going to get traded. 
and he's going to be phenomenal where he, he will. goes. Absolutely. He will. Um, he's going to be phenomenal where he goes. And the f- and I, that's why I think, I don't know, the fan base wants Higuita. We want him. We all do. And I, I'm just scared that they trade him. He's going to come back and do harm on us, you know. Probably. Uh, and, the, uh, and then what's going to happen? The fans are going to revolt, or what are they going to do? Are they going to say, James O'Connor, look what you just did. Never played a Gita, but the guy's playing great somewhere else. It's, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. Gonna happen. You know, it's, it's happened already with Rafa Ramos. It's happened with um, these players that we all let go, you know, that never played, you know, or were on the bench because the coaches didn't like him or whatever. Look at Brian Roaches in Portugal. Yeah, you know, he, mean, he, he's uh, doing good. I mean, I can, we can name a whole bunch. You know, if we would gone back to the beginning and get some of the players that are doing good, you know, that are playing in Holland, playing in Portugal, playing in Israel, playing in, you know, we would have had actually not a bad team. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, what? one of the things that I think Toronto, because – Toronto has a similar history like us. They suck for seven years. They managed to get it. They get it together, Ten right? Years, Ten years, right? Well, Ten years. I think they came they into the league two thousand seven. Yeah. Somebody fact check me on that. But the, the the fact is is that they they have a, a, a nucleus of gr- a group of people that have been playing together with them year after year consistently the past five years. We are basically tearing the the the, the house down and then rebuilding. Most of these guys. Don't even speak the same language. They're learning to, to, to know each other. All of us in, at this table earn a living working on something, right? And when you are in a team and you've been play, uh, working with the same guy for five years, all you got to do is look at the guy. You already know what's going to happen, right? So that's the same thing here. We have a bunch, a bunch of guys that came from the old regime that are not panning out. I got to say, Sasha Christian, um, I'm going to call him out, Lamin Sene are not worth the, what we're paying them. Lamin Sene consistently, consistently creates situations where we are giving away goals. If you look at the game in New York where he basically had three own goals in a span of 10 minutes, if that doesn't make you want to break your TV, I don't know what else is going to be. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably a much bigger Lamin Sene fan than... Anyone oh, nice guy, the, by the way. In the fan base. Like, like, cause I think it's there and he just hasn't been able to string enough healthy time together to get with other center backs that play with him well. Uh, but Janssen is fitting in great. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the two of them could do really good together. Um, but speaking of substitutions, I would have liked to see Coleman on there first thing. Cause honestly, like, it, I'm not the most technical. I don't know the sport the best, but Coleman was Coleman was making runs better than anyone else I saw all day. He was placing passes. He was putting on. He put one on Dom's head that should have been in. It was a great save by their goalie, but he 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 was putting stuff in within a few minutes that nobody was doing all day. And I know it's beating a dead horse across every podcast, across Twitter, across Facebook, across everything of why we're not playing Coleman, but I I don't think anyone still understands why why it's not happening, especially if we're in the rut that we're in. I love Cash, but he hasn't had a great run of games, so like, if we're going to put three up front, if they're talking about putting cash or Tesho on the Tesho isn't a winger. If we're putting Tesho on the wing or putting cash on, why not give 
Coman a chance. Absolutely. See what he can do. Give him two, three games. Coman came from Cerro Porteño, which is uh, a, a team in Asunción, Paraguay, the capital of Paraguay. And I actually spoke with two fans of that, that team. And their football is fast attacking football. If you've been watching Orlando City in 2011, 2012, that type of football that we played back then, that's what they play. Fast attacking football. Why, if we're going to bring a kid that basically was raised in that environment, we're going to come and, and basically say, sit down. Because that's the other thing. As a fan base, we have not seen what this guy can do. Well, I just don't see why we're going to give him a five-year contract and sit him for the when first two or three him? years. That was a Jason Christ guy. Perhaps. Uh, do you think in it seems like uh, same thing with Higita – and I don't know this for sure, but so Adrian Heath guy. But do you? But do you think James O'Connor is that type that if that's not my guy? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's a question. Well, and a lot we, of coaches are, and it's saw, not just a James thing. That's a okay. lot of coaches are. I'm going to tell it's you one very thing. Very annoying. I, I like James O'Connor as a person. Uh, I think uh, as a player, he was fantastic in Orlando City, but he did, did this club a disservice in USL. There was a player that Sidney Rivera. I'm going to shout him out because he played for Puerto Rico Football Club. The guy, super talented. We brought him in, and we sent him alone to uh, Louisville, City. Louisville City. James O'Connor didn't like him. So what happened? We let this guy go to waste. I understand James has uh, uh, he has his personality. He has the way he wants to do things. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm a fan, okay? Fans do not coach, do not scout. We just sit down and pray for the best. But the reality is that sometimes, sometimes, I wish that James gave us an idea of what he plans to do. This secrecy serves no purpose. The one thing you can say about Adrian Heath, whatever you want to say, but Adrian Heath always had a contact with the fan base. The reason why he lost games like 5 nothing in the first two years, and he, you can say anything about him, but the reality, he had a contact with the fan base. And Lee said this before, before, before we started recording. He felt, and I agree with you, Lee, that somehow there's a disconnect between the fan base and the club, and I don't know where we lost our way. Well, uh, talking about um, players, a lot of these players that James O'Connor has don't fit his style. What is his style? I think, honestly, <laughs> it's long balls. I'm not even, like, trying, to, I'm not even trying to take shots. I'm no, dead serious. Like, I think it's long balls. It's long balls. Defender. Kicking it straight down to Dom or Tesha. It's long ball. English long ball. And you have Coleman. But then he, he's in love with Will Johnson, who doesn't do that. He well, doesn't, do, well, he doesn't can't even, even make that pass. He can't Shane make a pass or anything. Um, but that's what it is. I mean, if you look at Janssen, gets the ball. What does he do? Kick it down to Dom. Dom, the short man, is going to try to get the ball over a guy that's six foot tall mm-hmm. when he's 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesho, same thing. They, it's long ball. But then you get you got Nani, who's the technical one that wants to pass the ball. Montino, Coleman, these guys. It's two styles of play on one field. Yeah, I agree with I that one hundred percent. And it's there's two 100%. styles. Of, uh, there's two styles of play on one field. We need to figure out one and just play it. <laughs> and the Jason Craig, the Jason Cries guys are not quite there. Uh, so I think Sasha, great, great dude, a player that brought a lot, of glo- a lot of glory to this country. But the, the reality is. This is, he's in his last season. Uh, it's, it's a known fact. We tried to get rid of him in the offseason. Nobody will take him with that big salary. The reality is that his heart is there. The legs are not there. 
Sasha is not a starter in this club, and I'm on, I'm going on record about that. He's not a starter, and he's not a super sub. He is a player that we put in there for Open Cup and a player that we should be putting in there when somebody gets hurt. He is not doing anything. I'm sorry. He's not doing anything. Well, at least he's not a DP anymore. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, change a little bit of the subject. You kind of hit about fan base and coaching and the team. Uh, front office talk, you know, thoughts about the ownership, the front office. What are you guys so far thinking about? You know, Alex has been kind of quiet. I haven't heard much from Alex late, though, uh, recently. Muzi, kind of, you know, he's always at the locker room. You see him always, you know, giving the high five to the uh, the players and everything. You, you hear more about Ricardo Moreira, the scout. Than you do <laughs> Alex. I have some inter- interesting conversations with the guy. Um, who's actually very nice. I've talked to him on Twitter also. So, and Flavio, we really don't hear Flavio that much. Uh, seems like he's gone away and he's doing his own thing, you know, right. with his, uh, what is it? Genesão Valor or whatever yeah, it is. Completely uninterested. He's, in this a, club. he's, uh, he's doing, uh, but I think he's putting money into this club. And when I say it, I mean, a guy that, like I said earlier, that brings in Nani, you know, international superstar, yeah. um, wasn't played it? Manchester United. But uh, Muzzy, Muzzy, Muzzy. Like, Muzzy brought in Yeah, Nani. but, uh, but uh, it was uh, Muzzy and Flavio. That was all. I mean, Flavio yeah. had to pay the money and whatever. Right, yeah. So, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a James O'Connor move, I don't think. No, no. And... That's why I go back to the style of play. But what do you guys think of the front office so far? Um, not hearing, you know, the Flavios and the Alexes anymore. It's Luis Muzi. And he's not really talking either. You just see him in the videos, you know, giving high fives. Do you think there needs to be more engagement with the, the front office with the fans? Or is it fine how it is right now? And could that be hurting the fan base that it is right now? Yeah. I, I I definitely don't think it's fine as it is. You can see the reflection in in, in the stands. Um, I don't think the people are there reaching out. You know, outside of Kay, Kay's always reaching out to the fan base. She's always there on social media. She's always talking to people, but like that's just not enough anymore. And uh, uh, Muzi, I think it's been a great pickup. Our scouts have been a great pickup. They've come from good pedigree from FC Dallas, from Columbus, who have always been great at scouting. But scouting isn't going to do it alone because look at look at the Red Bulls. They, they have a great academy. They have great scouting. They bring in good players. They win all the time. But – they can barely fill their stadium. They're like there just yeah. aren't the people there. And I don't necessarily, I'd love to win all the time, but I don't necessarily want to be that team that nobody's watching either. Like I think there's a fine balance and I don't know exactly what it is, but we don't have it. Like I, I, I think our scouting has gotten better. I think yeah. the guys Muzi is bringing uh, like save us. I think save us is great. I think he's underrated. I, I, I don't think, people pay enough attention to him because he just goes out there and does his job week after week. And, you know, he doesn't screw up and he's not a goal scorer. Like, he's just a technical guy who dispossesses people. He's a great DM. And, but people don't pay attention to that. He's not going to draw people into the stadium. Um, So, I don't know. There's a fine balance. And and I don't know what it's going to take to find it, but I don't think we found it. And I, I, I have to say, 
for the guy that's doing the transcript for Flavio, because I know <laughs> that every single podcast is listened to by the staff at the front office. Hello. Oh, I know that. So, Believe me, I got in a fight with one. Yeah. So <laughs> the reality is, is that what Lee just said is what a lot of people in the fan base feel like. And you know what? Uh, in, in, in the years that I've known Lee uh, on, on Twitter, he's a guy that says what he feels. Uh, he embodies the, the reality of a lot of fans. We are not a big city. We're not a destination. We are, we are a tourist trap in the middle of the state of Florida that is too hot in the summer, too wet in, in, sometimes in the winter. And the reality is, is that what do we have to offer? What do we have to offer for players to come here and play? A fan base that will love them. Ask any player that has ever played here except Justin Merrim, and they will tell you that – listen – I witnessed, well, Kyle Aaron too, but I witnessed witnessed the members of PC's old church show up 30 men deep to say hello to the guy. I saw Scott Sutter getting hugs and kisses from a grateful fan base. These are players that say what you will about what happened on the field. These are players that earn the respect of the fan base. This fan base rewards hard work, but being nice, following on Instagram and all that does not win games. I'm going to tell you, I want to win. I'm tired of losing. I remember the time when the fan base in this club will leave on the 70th minute because we were seven goals deep on the opposition and they wanted to be traffic. I remember the times when people will skip the semifinals and the, uh, and the quarterfinals because we knew that we were going to be in the championship and the championship was going to be played in Orlando. I, wanna, I want those times to come back. I've been faithful. I've been more faithful to this club than, than my ex-wife, <laughs> more faithful than Jobs, okay? All right? That, that, I'm on record. I'm an open book. I'm an open book. Are you wild as hell? I'm an open book. <laughs> so the reality is is that when my wife asks me about anything, I'm like, listen, you cannot complain. I've been faithful to this club. I saw JJ last year on the last home game, and we had a long conversation. We were there in an empty stadium. The reality is that this fan base deserves more. When I see Columbus, when I see New York City, we have a 24 million, uh, 24 million metropolitan area, mustering 20,000 people in that baseball field, that, for a team that already surpassed us in the, in, in, in the table, that screams, what the hell are we doing? And I don't care if they, when you're talking about New York City, they're playing in a baseball stadium, oh, but they get, pitiful. but they're getting people and they're making the playoffs and they're getting stuff every done. year. By the way, they're getting things done, and, and that's and that's the uh, issue. Clean, what was, uh, hold up, what was the question? Well, you got to repeat it because David <laughs> threw me way off. Bro. I was talking about the David front. threw me way off <laughs> the front office. <laughs> Wild. Your thoughts on the front office ownership oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. and front office, David. God, he threw my train of thought. <laughs> Ex-wives, he's faithful. I ain't gonna lie though; I've had that same thought like a million times. I said, "I said, dude, guys are guys are more faithful to their uh, to their sports teams than like than like women or anybody else, bro." It's it's just the truth. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. So, what's your thought on the front <laughs> office that you're bringing up <laughs> faithfulness and uh, things like that? All right. Um, the Alex thing. Um, Alex is, I mean, we, we were talking about this at the end of last season, uh, especially after we had talked to him and, and a lot of the conversation that we had, had when he was on the podcast uh, that we had with him and I directly had with him myself about why he was catching a lot of heat. And I was like, well, Alex, we thought 
we thought you were the the you know the sporting director because you're the only face we see. So we know you're the CEO. And he says, no, that's not my job. I don't do that. I'm the CEO. That's what he says. He says, I handle the business. He's like, uh, if people need money, they're here, they're whatever. I got to figure out where to do it. I got to figure out how much can go here and how much can go there. But he said, I don't make those decisions. He said, he said directly to me, and I believe you were there. Yeah, um, I was there. Well, not I mean in earshot. Yeah. And he said, I have literally only had a hand in signing two people. And he said it was Kaka. And no, he said he only tried to have his hand in, in signing two people. And he said that was, that was Kaka. He said, yes, that was him. And he said uh, he tried to get one other guy, but it fell through. Uh, he didn't say who the player was, but he said it fell through. Um, so I think us not seeing him anymore now is just a product of he has made that hire, which was all we were complaining about all last season. Mm-hmm. Hire a man to do this job. And he's hired Muzi to do it. So now um, Alex can go you know, into the shadows because that's where he should be because he's a CEO. He's not, he's not a sport Correct. director. He's a businessman. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So now he can go back to the shadows and figure out how to how to try to make miracles out of out of you know a peanut a peanut budget, which is I mean facts are that's what it is. Like Flavio, you know Flavio's got all the heart in the world, but you know he don't have all the money in the world. So um, whatever whatever Flavio can can make happen with his wallet, he's gonna do it. I, he he seems to me seems like the type of guy that's gonna spend his last dollar. He will spend his last dollar trying to trying to fix his club. Now, a lot of fans won't take it like that because they're looking, oh, Atlanta's got this. Well, Atlanta's got a whole lot more money than you. Correct. You know what I mean? And it, you know what? And, and, and clear on that. Uh, in, in, the, in the early days when he was a, f- uh, a staff of five people mm-hmm. over there in Winter Park on a strip mall, um, the reality was that Phil was the face of the club, right? It was Phil yes. and it was – uh, Adrian going through. They, they had the the coaches show on radio. Mm-hmm. They had the the show on TV. They had the podcast with Tom and Dad and all that. And the problem is, is that you raise this fan base having that type of access, right? The reality, and I know this from friends that follow Atlanta United, is that Atlanta United never had that. They have the money, they have the winning, right? But they don't have that uh, that access to the team that we were used to. And the problem is, is that. I think that with uh, with Alex was he got the brunt of the heat because he's the face that we see. He's the guy grabbing the mm-hmm. mic. But for those of you guys, because Flavio told me this, um, Alex is is just a business guy. You want to complain about your soda or your chips being stale? That's the guy you complain your about. Price increase. Thank you. <laughs> there the, you go, Chris. Yeah, there you go. So the reality is that he's he had nothing to do with soccer operations, which falls into. Three people. That is the coach. That is the uh, VP of soccer operations. Right. Uh, that basically self-explanatory, and the the uh, scouting staff. Scouting. That's those are the three. Those are the three heads that design what you see, the product that you see on the field. The reality is that do we need a PR person? Do we need some guy that is going to be the rah 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 guy or? Real quick, you mentioned something, and this made me think about it. Real quick, you mentioned. And it may not sound like something big, but the original Tom Dam podcast mm-hmm. with uh, Traxler or, right. or, or with the coach. And uh, I've lived in Central Florida for a long time. I grew up listening to Tom Dam. I was a fan of their podcast. Actually, those were the guys that got me in to the right, stadium the first time. They're 
they have a huge local fan base. And to move those guys from the podcast every week talking about the team showing up at the games and moving it to inside the club of the people nobody know, people stopped listening and people stopped paying attention. And, and I think it, there are certain things like that. It, it can be so little, but those like certain decisions like that can make. And huge you know what? Difference. Before it, it, Tom and Dan, uh, for for the, the guys out of there, there these this two radio guys uh, that do a raunchy show, right? Uh, big. I was a big fan of them from way back in the radio days. Yeah. But the reality is, before podcasts became a thing, Orlando City had a podcast before most MLS teams. Tom and Dan was the source of information for the club. At that time, I traveled the whole Caribbean that, that, with my job, mm-hmm. and that was the way I stayed connected. Tom and Dan beat that drum. A lot of the fans that you see there came just like Lee because they listened mm-hmm. to their podcast. And the reality is that when we are start alienating people like Tom Traxler, yeah. who's a, a legend in uh, high school soccer in this town, and you push him to the side because he decided that the ethical thing was to call this, fa- this, this club for what it was live on the air, and then you fire him. Mm-hmm. You do that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I, I'm sorry, JJ. I, I have to say it. The reality is, is that when that man in 2017 went on the air yep. and called Jason I Christ, that. You, know, you know what you should have done? You should have fired, fired Jason Christ in Philadelphia. You should have kept that bomb there and not fired a guy that told his fan base what we wanted to hear, that our team sucked. And that you sold us into this idea that we were going to be big and great and the soccer capital of the world. It hasn't panned out. I am sick and tired. You know what? What's going to happen is we're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to get our asses handed by some punks that two years ago they discovered that soccer existed. I am a footballer. I've been following this club. Okay, I've been following this club for almost nine seasons now. And I want to win. And this family deserves that because, you know, when we spend our money in those seats, when we, you know, I work my ass off for that money to buy, pay for those seats. And I see these guys go out there, see, see Dom Dwyer saluting, almost kissing um, Martinez last season because he broke the record in our house. That to me, that's oh, a that problem. Was so, that, was, that was bad. So let's talk Atlanta week. It's eight week. It's Atlanta uh, we go up to Atlanta this week. Uh, Cleon, you're going to be up there along with Alex and uh, um, Eddie. And uh, basically, we're going to basically uh, we're going to win or lose up there. And now that they got Justin and Miriam off that train. Well, before, before we even get to all that, Uh-oh. I mean, I, I specifically brought in my good friend David over here because it's Atlanta hate week. <laughs> Because we got to get answers on on we want to get a little insight into his relationship, his very close relationship he has with Atlanta United fans. What is it that you hate so I gotta, much I about these Atlanta the fans? I gotta tell you the truth. The, the reality is that I have made uh, a lot of friends with with. Uh, I can't hear myself. Sorry, that's good. Okay. Um, I made a lot of good friends that are Atlanta fans, and that's fine. Uh, they want their team to win. I want my team to win. The problem is, is these accounts that don't use the real name, they don't use the real picture, and they have less than 50 uh, followers. These are people that are just rediscovering or discovering soccer or football for the first time. They're there because the team wins. This team just went through a stage of time of adversity, adversity that we have drank from the bitter chalice for five years. And what they wanted to do, they wanted to fire the coach. 
they wanted to vandalize the car of a of, of, of a of a family member of a player. That is outrageous. And if you're an Atlanta United fan, you should be embarrassed for that. The reality is, is that they they needed a big baddie, right? We know the story. They put the billboard. They came to town. Uh, Jose Aja in two games. How can you be that bad that in two games you basically give the the, the victory and the, uh, the victory away? I don't know. But the problem with Atlanta United is that they haven't faced adversity. Now, for this is for Orlando City fans. You want to say they're plastic? We were plastic. In USL, we won every single game by six, seven games. Six, seven goals, I'm sorry. But who, who, who did we defeat it? The Dayton Dutch Lions that played in a high school field? The... I don't know the 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 city the the city islanders. Those are were crappy teams, and we believe our own hype. We come to to MLS, and things haven't panned out. The reality is is that Atlanta wins for whatever reason they win, and they may win this following uh, this, this 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 following game that this game that is about to happen. How are they going to win? They're going to win if we allow them. If our players allowed to. Have these guys walk all over them. I don't see Dom Dwyer caring about this club. I don't mm. care what you think about me, but the reality is that Dom Dwyer has to be a player that cares about defending our colors. And I don't see that when I see him congratulating uh, Joseph Martinez because he broke the record in our stadium. That, to me, is a travesty. The reality is, is that we, as a fan base, um, need to do better. And we need to demand from our players that they go defend our colors. The one game that I have to say that was a travesty was when we went with Bobby Murphy, who, by the way, has been surfing in Mexico all year long oh, on our dime. And still getting paid. And still, still getting paid. He did not give a damn about that game. And we went there and we lost 4-0. The reality is, is that our success does not run through I-75. We don't have to defeat that. We can lose every single game to Atlanta every year and still make playoffs. So it doesn't want matter. To. I don't want to. You know why? Because I don't want to. Some, t- some games are for points. Some games are for pride. This is for both. I want to win. And you know what? Yeah. If we defeat them, th- this, is, this is why I said in my podcast, if we defeat them, we, first of all, we bust their mouth wide open and we move above the table and we push them down. And the other thing that we need to think about is if they defeat them, they get the bragging rights. They push us below the red line where I don't believe we're going to come out of it. We do. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they get to defeat Orlando City one more time. Yeah. But but to be fair, like you're comparing Atlanta fans with Orlando fans. I remember I was there uh, second year opening day against Real Salt Lake and we filled 60,000 in that bowl. They lost... They didn't even lose a bunch of games. They had a rough four-week start right after their MLS Cup win, and it looked like half the stadium was filled. They're an awful sports fan. They they shouldn't have a sports team. The moment the team's going to be losing, they're going to be run out of there. Talk to the NHL about that. That's why I don't like Atlanta United. And that they feel like they're privileged like, to get this. Like They deserve it. it they're just awful. I just hate them. They're the worst. Talking about Atlanta, um, you're right, Lee. They're, you know, when the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl, everybody loved the Falcons. All of a sudden, they start falling down. 
fans. Everybody was doing the Dirty Bird. Dirty Bird and all that. Yeah, now they can't get as many fans for NFL games that they do MLS games now, when they were winning. And go to the Phillips Arena, the Atlanta Hawks. Great when Dominique, Kevin Willis, and all those boys were there. Right. Now that they don't have anybody, they were actually decent when they even had Alan Horford back then made it to the playoffs a couple times. Now that they are dead last, basically in the East, they can't even fill up the, the uh, Phillips Arena. Um, but talking about, uh, you know, trying to vandalize cars and do things like that, I don't see a problem with that. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Lord and I'm going to tell you right now why I don't. Maybe our Orlando City fans should learn something. And I'm not saying for them to go do it. But they do that in Europe. You know? Yeah. They wait for the players. This, like the, this they, is like the time he said we should go jump players. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you're not winning. Mm-hmm. You need to wake them up, these players up. Don't you think that an empty stadium woke them up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not empty. I mean, they're, they're, they're there. But I'm just saying... Diehard fans will go to the extreme. Here, we lose. What are we doing? We're outside still waiting for the players to get autographs and pictures. That is very true. Yeah, yeah. But well, you know what? Okay. I, don't be about there. Show that you don't give a damn about them and leave right after the game because they'll keep on losing. But when you show, and I actually had a player tell me this, and the player told me, and this was in the first and second year, they told me, we're losing all these games, and I got fans. Oh, can I take a picture with you? Can I get an autograph? You're my favorite player. You're one of my great players. We're losing. The fans, the players don't really want to care about. They, they're losing. But the fans don't care. They want to have autographs. They want to have pictures. They want to. Guess what? When they don't see the fans waiting for them, when they leave the stadium, they're going to be like, holy crap, something's wrong. We need to you know, get these fans back because they're pissed off at us. I don't think that would work, and I'm going to tell you why. It would work. It would work in other countries where all the stadiums are like that. But here, it's what happens when 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 the fans just abandon you and this, that, or whatever. You know what they do? They say, oh, just trade me to somewhere else. That's what they do here. When when you take that approach, that's what they do here. They just, well, well, oh, I, I, just I understand okay, that, I just Jay, Jay, Trade me up out of here. I just go to a different yeah, team. but then the, the club would be like, no. I'm but not trading you. Think about yeah, it. And so, if you don't want to play, I'll no, get they, somebody else. You know how they are here, man. They, they dudes like I want out. They send them out. We, we, like are, we are we are a team that, that has, a, has casted a wide net. There's people that come from the Caribbean to watch the games from Europe and everything. So perhaps you have the one play, the the one fan that comes down to Orlando for the one game, and this is the one opportunity. I get that part. I feel that people like myself and like Lee, who are the guys from the old school, from the from the kernel of the whole thing. If you are having this type of animosity and this type of complaints from guys like us, you already lost your casuals and you're about to lose your your faithful because I am tired of giving everything I have for a team that just grabs that love and just steps on it and spits on it. That's how I feel at times. When I see last year with the the, the crap in D.C. with uh, Wayne Rooney, it's heartbreaking. We have a, you know, Columbus is, is, is crying about what happened with uh, Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle has done that to us four <laughs> times yeah. in one season. He's literally, he's literally not even in allowed back in season. Orlando anymore. But there's we, also something to be said about, like, Orlando City fans, like something that Nani said in that Colorado game where, like, they scored first and the crowd got louder. Like, it's different here. 
Like it's not the same across MLS, and that's something that's good about us. I'm very proud of that. By it, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's great. But they can't just expect that to go forever. You know, when we see poor poor performance after. Do we want to be the lovable losers? Do we want to be the bad news bears of no, soccer? I'll like Eddie has called us before. I'll tell you what. So. This goes back to when you were talking about earlier about um, is this a fun team to watch? And so you know what a fun team to watch was. Or fun teams to watch? Those first two. Those first two. And we we weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. But those two first two teams, that was fun football. 2015, That's why people were showing up. Absolutely. That's why Castles were showing up. Uh, the Just Cardiac Cats. Cardiac Cats. That's what we were. That's what we were. I we had give you. up. We, our defense was terrible. Yeah. Our defense was terrible. And we had always come back and all the draws and all the type of stuff. But it's always a comeback draw. Um, the, the, the two goals in two minutes or whatever yeah, it was. All that type so. of stuff. That was fun football. It was fun. I tell you what, we are all married here, and we remember when we fell in love with our wives, right? But there's that <laughs> one moment after you know a decade goes by, and, and you're being married, and you have that moment where you fall in love for the second time. I, you know, does, does that make sense? That's that moment you look at your wife and you're like, oh my god, I love this woman. For me, I fell in love with Orlando City 2011 when I went to the, my first game. But my, to me, the moment where I really fell in love with this game the second time was the game against the New England Revolution. We were down 2-0 on a bad giveaway by Rafa Ramos. I love the guy, but he, he sucked in that game. And then we came back. And we came back, and everybody remembers that game because Inchi jumped in the air, and he pumped yeah. his fist, and people went buck wild. I remember that was fun. And that was a fun coach. And, and that, that was, was a fun coach. Yes. And and that's and that's also going back to going back to it. Um, a lot of that firing Inchi and 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 Rollins leaving us high and dry and all that. That's a lot of that has to do with it too. Because a lot of a lot of casuals they were coming to see. I mean, I don't the think events, it's so much Tom yeah, and Dan yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But Inchi doing his Inchi doing his morning show every time on on seven forty now seven forty. They got into they used to pimp they used to pimp soccer because of Inchi. Yeah, they don't up. do they don't do it that much. They anymore. don't do it anymore. Right. Ever since no, Inchi's been gone, they don't really do it anymore. They've Christ, lost interest. Yeah, Christ they, right. Christ they had, had a, interest. They had interest because they had a vested interest in Inchi. And Inchi's and Inchi's personality drew them in. And it drew in a lot of people that were not soccer Absolutely. fans, but his passion was is is so high. It's contagious. That is contagious. Yeah. And you want to see him do well. And you wanna yeah. and you wanna see and you wanna see these guys do well. Um Rollins. Whether 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 it was uh, disingenuous or not, the guy's a car salesman. He's he's and he's a good one. Mm. He's a good I one. He can convince he can convince anybody. So when those two faces were gone, and you bring in a robot like Christ, yep. that has a personality then, of a potato. Exactly, no, you bring in a robot like Christ, um, and then you don't really have anybody else around that can that can take that mantle, um, like. Being the face, like Alex, Alex is not Alex is not that type. You know of guy. who's that face, Flavio. But the problem is, is Flavio's English is yeah. Not but that with great. his English, it it doesn't. The casual fan is not going to come at correct. Point blank, it just is what it is. So the losing those two, I think that has a lot, a lot to and, do. And let's be honest, with, uh, James O'Connor is a nice winning. guy, but mm-hmm. he's not. He's not. Inch, no, he's not. You know? Yeah, he's. That's oh. what I'm saying. Go, man. And I'm saying it has to be Inchy back, or it has to be Rollins back. But you need to bring in a personality, personality somebody, personality. somebody that people yeah. that people are casuals. Well, I say people, but casuals. Because at the end of the day, whether I think Christ is a robot or not, I was still going to show up. If he you won games, I mean? would you give a damn about that? If they won the games, if, what? If, if 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 they won games, would you care about his personality? 
Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm a hardcore at this point, so no, I don't... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying for the casual, if you're looking at it for... As a casual, yes. As a casual, I, I think that matters as well. It's just yeah. like with, like what we were talking about earlier with, with other, even with other sports, like in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Miami, for instance. Um, they could still win games. They still make the playoffs, but nobody cares because it's not LeBron. It's not, you know, D. Wade was gone for a couple of years. years. It's not Bosch, so it's, it's different. But if we learn anything from the Apollos, when Sperry was here... He brought a lot of seats for that. Yeah, they were only team. coming to see the ones that did the show. Up, they were only coming for Sperry. I gotta tell you the truth. When uh, Minnesota United played Orlando City last year, there was a lot of people that had not been Inchi. showing up for Inchi. Well, I'm gonna say something about Inchi. As a lot of you know, I'm not a big fan of him. I wasn't, but I liked his personality on the field, and I missed oh, I that. Loved it. I mean, my favorite <laughs> Inchi was moment. Was New York Red Bulls? It wasn't great, but it was fun. When uh, he was uh, got when kicked he was out, red carded, yeah, red carded, and kicked out of the game. It's the loudest I wa- ever heard that. And walking, was psycho, walk, bro. walking yeah. by that wall, he was just lifting yeah. his arms up in the air. You yeah. know, come on, come on, get him. Can, that to me was the moment. Can he's you name the, yeah. the the referee, the center referee in that game? <laughs> it was Uncle Ted. Uncle. It was For what reason? Because he red carded Kyle Larry. We ended up losing the game, which it wasn't, and it wasn't, and they they took it back. If you are an Atlanta United fan, by the way, welcome. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, um, the, and, and I'm going to wrap it up. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it. And you're listening to this podcast for the first time. The reality is, as an Orlando City fan, we had lived through every injustice known to man in this league. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys, real quick before uh, we head on out, I want to uh, know your take and uh, your predictions on these games. Lee, we're going to go with... First to you, give me the prediction on the Atlanta-Orlando game this weekend on Mother's Day. Uh, I'm going to go 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. They don't have Barco. He's out. Uh, they're going to put Pity uh, back at, uh, oh. in midfield where they weren't having great success. And uh, I think we should win, but we probably won't. So, draw. David. If we play the 4-2-3-1, like uh, James O'Connor has been told on Twitter by people that actually know about football, we're going to win 3-2, but if he insists in playing the same formation, the same predictable formation where Four, our wingbacks are exposed, <laughs> I am going to say, and I'm on record, 4-1. And if James O'Connor is listening, please don't <laughs> Four, start one, listening Four, one, to Oh, I was about to say, because I can't see us scoring on four goals, bro. <laughs> All right, Cleon. Um Man, we got to win at some point. Oh, you know, you know, I'm an odds and stats guy. At some point, you got to win a game. We've been going up and down a lot this season. It's better like, than losing. What, we had a loss. What, we have a loss, a, a drawn, a loss. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we need this one. Like, we got to beat them. We got to. We're beat not going to win. And if, we, and if we are going to beat them, if we are going to beat them, I mean, whatever. Let's 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 knock them out in their house. And I'll, I'll drive. I know I'm going to be there. I'm not sure if I'm going to fly yet or if I'm going to drive my red and black. Atlanta United colored Durango <laughs> you, up there with, with the purple with the purple Orlando flags flying down the highway all the way to Atlanta. Are you going to Magic City? Oh, you know I'm going to Magic oh, City. <laughs> I, I let y'all slide with it last time. What? Well, X actually wasn't you. You was the only one down. Oh, my bad. But, um, <laughs> and it was um, close to where we stayed, too. I didn't know how yeah, close I did, it was. If I knew I was walking uh, we this. We would have been there. We would have been there. <laughs> But yeah, I'll be there. My wife, my wife is actually going to go this game too. So there you but go. I mean, you know, you'll find a way to get out. No, I ain't got to. <laughs> She'll go too, right? She'll go, bro. Yeah, there you go. She down. She know how I roll. Well, the diamond appeared, as I said. The diamond appeared. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> Are you? S- 
The diamond appeared. No, it did not. I know. No, it didn't appear. Because Tesho played uh, on the right wing. Just like I told you. Like he shouldn't have. But he shouldn't have had. (laughs) It should have been the diamond, and that would have been right. And Nani would have been playing. Okay. So, Orlando is going to win. Nani is going to score two goals, a brace, on this one. He's going to do another backflip in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like he did in uh, New York. He just doesn't do them here in Orlando um, at home. But he does a backflip. We win 2-0. Nani scores two. And uh, João Montinho gets an assist to Nani with the header. Uh, and then uh, Nani is right there by the goal, scores a goal like he did in New York City. But uh, 2-0. Man, let's go we, knock these fools out, man. I'm, I'm so t- sick of them, bro. Can I think it's time? I'm so Quick sick question. of them. Yeah. Quick question, just from seeing on social media. How long do you think Nani puts up with this? Damn. What losing? Yeah, he he doesn't seem mad every time we lose. He, like I appreciate it, uh, and I appreciate I it. That. But is he gonna? <laughs> I he, I can't see him taking a full three years. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm no. saying, can he take a full year? James O'Connor's got a year. Have, if it ends, he'll make it, yeah, he'll make it. If we don't make the playoffs at the end of this year, hey, James O'Connor's and, gone. And we hey, do a season. Can I say something? Can I say something? Who got Inchi out? Wasn't it Kaká? Was you it? think so? I don't know. Who's going to get James O'Connor out? That's all I got to say. All right, then. If he doesn't... Well, if we don't make playoffs, he should. If we don't make playoffs... Well, if he ain't making playoffs, he's going to get himself out. Yeah. He's going to make himself out. But Nani, knowing you know, Nani... Falling below this line, he might get himself it's out. seeing yeah, Nani in sporting and seeing... He's CM, frustrated. He's very frustrated. The reason why he left sporting... He loves sporting. That's his. That's his thing. That's he's, por- he's Portuguese, though, man. It's hard no. to tell if he's frustrated. No, no, Some dude's always mad. <laughs> I mean, I, look at Rafa, bro. He should have picked up a yellow card, red Portu- cards already. The Portuguese, the yeah, Portuguese exactly. and the Colombians, man. No, but uh, but honestly, mm-hmm. uh, sporting Lisbon. They stay uh, mad. He was he was frustrated at sporting. You know, with uh, the coaching, the presidents, uh, everything. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, by uh, August if he's if we're in the same predicament. And he gets frustrated. Well, this also. is this is one thing that, you, that everybody needs to realize. We need to at least have fifty points to be on the sixth spot. Fifty points guaranteed basically has guaranteed every team a spot in the playoffs. Go ahead. But it's seven this year. I know. So that means that we have to be better than five teams. I never saw Orlando City pass the seventh spot. It's doable. But we have to get there. And I feel, I feel that Nani will drag this carcass across the red line if he has to. But the reality is... Dom's got to wake up for that to happen. Yeah, Dom, Dom, listen, I have said that. I have called Dom Dwyer out on my podcast. I have said yeah. it on Twitter. The reality is that Dom Dwyer needs to do less commercials and score more goals. Yeah. That's why he gets paid for But it. a lot of people are saying sit Dom, play Dom. Push him through it. Get him back into the groove. He, You sit him out of the 18. You sit him... That's not going to get his you confidence sit him, up. You don't get the confidence yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. But, you, but you're Play. playing. But at what point? But at but what, what point, point do you are not? You, are yeah. you, at what point do you prioritize prioritize his confidence and and his mental well being? Right now, I, I, the rest I, of the team. Getting dragged. I don't think there's somebody that can play better. Get rid of even, even when he's off, I don't think there's somebody that's playing. Tesho isn't a good replacement for him. He's not playing that well. Tesho makes his goal when yeah. he gets him. When he gets him, Tesho puts it on frame. There's no excuse to be in front of Dom a wide, gaping, open net and skying that thing like With, Rivers. like, three times the amount of games. Is it really, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not hurt, so he's playing. All right. Maybe he needs some rest. And so does Manage Manage minutes. Manage minutes. And uh, maybe he he's just, he's scoring got to put goals. Him on frame. 
Uh, but definitely, Hua needs to get some rest. I mean, yeah, that absolutely. leg looked bad absolutely. on TV. Yeah. Not this week. He's going to hurt himself. Not this week. <laughs> rest he, next week. He, well, he, I, I watch his IG. He's, he's not walking on Disney for 12 hours. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he'll be bring, fit. He's, bring he's, Seema so if hey, we have to put him. He's learning English. That's all that matters. Yeah, right I know now. that. So. All right, guys. Thank you, Lee, for uh, stopping by Absolutely. and uh, giving your input. David, always. Yeah. A pleasure. Mikasa, Tukasa. Hello, David. Um, <laughs> Cleon, yeah, you, you guys are going to miss me for, what, four weeks? No, you're not. Yeah. I'll, I'll just get David to replace you. There you go. <laughs> David, basically the same. He goes off anyways. <laughs> it's a little world. Uh, um, but I'll be gone for the next four weeks. Uh, I'll be traveling. Four, where are you, you going to be well, I'm going to be working in San Diego for two weeks, okay. well, and then I go on vacation. Just to believe you, but and then I'm going on vacation to go see Stella and Rafa Ramos in Portugal. So I'll be over there, okay. saying hi to them. You know, so yeah, bring be, bring him back. I'll be in Bermuda. Don't worry. Okay, and uh, the chicken place. Mm. Which one? <laughs> uh, the one in Hamilton. Okay, is that okay? Yeah. All right. I won't go to the other one. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Orlando Lions Hit Podcast. Until next time, vamos, Orlando. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.